Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Sheer Larks podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cobble. This week, I'm joined by Astrid Carter, Charlotte Collins, and Tor Cardona. And we're quite cold this morning, oh, sitting so here, on a Monday morning, in an office where the heating's been off all weekend. I think I need one of those Uniqlo puffer gilet things. <laughs> I do feel like everybody has one. We wrote they? a piece, was it last week? Last, yeah, first week back. On how they are the fashion girls' trick to stay warm. Yes. How do you wear them? Not on show. I think there's a bit of a difference between wearing it over a jumper, you know, fully on display to the way we <laughs> talked about wearing it, which is kind of hidden under a really cool jacket or something Yes, my like mum, I mean, my mum, and I think all their friends, they go walking in Richmond Park once a week and they wear their uni clothes. Yeah, and my parents definitely have them. Although I saw two girlfriends this weekend and one of them had the gilet and the other one was actually wearing the full-blown Jacket. Jacket. Yeah. Jacket. Underneath her jacket. Underneath her jacket. Yeah, because that's the idea. Yeah. Well, that's the idea because they're so thin. So thin. And they, so thin. Yeah, so you can wear them on things. And they wrap up into like a little baggy thing. Yeah, yeah. you can literally traffic. put them in your handbag. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're all over Fashion Week, so that's the kind of trick to having bare legs at Fashion Week. It sounds like we're advertising them. We're actually not. <laughs> you just have to never take your coat off as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you take off with, when you take off your coat, it goes with the coat. Yes, yes. As, like an, yeah. as like an inner layer. Yes, but I'm yes. not sure I'd really want to undo my coat and reveal my Uniqlo puffer underneath, even if it was for a split second where I had to oh, take it You could do it quite surreptitiously. But I also <laughs> think it's quite an acceptable thing to do. Like, I think people will just accept that, like, that's how people stay warm. I don't think there's any shame in, in sh- revealing that you were wearing one under your coat. I'd quite like to know how many of these gilets that Uniqlo have actually sold. I imagine it's a really oh, staggering number. Yeah, to know. And do they not come in multi... Colours yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how much are they? Like forty five quid. Are they? I think yeah, less yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? I thought I think, they were less I think than that. I think something. Less. Anyway. Well, they're not expensive. Though. No, they're not. Anyway, I, I'm rather wishing that I had one on <laughs> because it's pretty chilly. Let's start off talking about TV. Let's talk about Friends. Well, the excitement was sort of a bit divided in the office because every series of Friends is now available on Netflix. Now, Astrid, I know you are a huge <laughs> Friends fan. I love Friends. It just kind of defines my childhood. Friends, and it was on kind of from when I was at primary school right up until I left. So yeah, I'm a and, big and fan. Will you just sit there all day? Could you sit there all day and watch Friends? I mean, I wouldn't now. I could have when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about being on Netflix. I'm excited too. Netflix. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Although I have to say, I think on Netflix, I wouldn't go and put it on. I like it when it's on whatever Comedy Central. Yeah, in the like, as like background noise, mm-hmm. or yeah. you sit and watch it for like ten minutes. I'm not sure I could like binge a whole series. That's why I didn't really understand the excitement because it's on Comedy Central yeah. twenty four seven. Most people don't have Sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's basically it's basically people have Sky. Yeah, but, um, Charlotte, Friends fan. Like I know every episode off by heart, but I just don't find it entertaining anymore. So like, yeah, yeah same as you. It was always kind of on in my childhood, and it was you know really kind of seminal thing going on when I was younger but now like no there's so much better stuff yeah, I agree I agree I think I think it's really dated it now dated. and yeah. like you I mean I grew up with it at school and and I mean there was nothing like it when it came along it was just god it was such a part of my teenage years I mean I went and asked for the Rachel haircut with all this, <laughs> but 
yeah, now I look at it and I cringe actually, and it's really canned. I find the canned often. Oh, I yes. like it. I that's what it. that's its appeal, though, isn't it? And some of the early Ooh. series, yes, are so, like so dated. But the new, not new, but like the kind of the very very last series, it's so good. I think just sitcoms to me have kind of had their time actually. Even Motherland, that sort of new newish sitcom about. Motherhood, I just find it all a bit contrived and a bit cringy. Yeah, cringy, actually, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, so Will and Grace is back. They've remade, or not remade, they've made a new series of Will and Grace. And it's interesting you say that. It does feel very forced. They've obviously made this real attempt to make it, like, to prove that it's in, in 2018. So the first episode, the first five minutes, there are so many cultural references. Oh, it's actually it's actually quite uncomfortable to watch. They're describing people as woke, and they're, like, on Grindr. Like, Sorry, it's woke? So woke? Woke. Woke. It's like, oh, guys. Woke is like... <laughs> Woke means like um, like aware of like all the kind of things going on in our society, and there's this whole culture. Oh, this is like a whole other thing. There's this whole culture about woke Charlotte from Sex and the City. So you know, there's that there's that Instagram account, um, every outfit on Sex and the City. I do. So that's yes, become like I, I quite a cult hit on Instagram. It's got like a million followers, and they just they kind of invented this whole thing of like woke Charlotte. So it was like a Charlotte reimagined um, if she was really like super feminist and super like pro kind of equal rights and that's kind of what, what? being woke Why is. So yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. But anyway, it's like a word it's a word that like so millennials associate. No, she wasn't at all. Feminist. I mean that's I guess the that's the irony of it. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, the word woke has become now really associated with like woke Charlotte, but woke just means like right. engaged. Right, attuned okay. to current social issues. I feel like I'm really not with it. <laughs> I need to watch Will and Grace. Google it, Google it, watch Will and Grace. Anyway, Will and Grace, back to Will and Grace. Um, so it's, it's to, for 2018, and is it any good? What, what are the reviews like? If you liked Will and Grace, you'll like it. It's the same old campy, silly Yeah, thing. I have to say, I, I, I never liked it. I never liked it either. It wasn't my thing. So. Yeah. And talking of highbrow stuff, in fact, two podcasts, one also called The Adoption, both made by the BBC. I really recommend some of their podcasts. The Adoption is um, a series about these two children being adopted and it's kind of heartbreaking. What, true story? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, true story. And all oh, the bit I've just had is where the grandparents had to choose, there were six children of these parents, and the grandparents had to choose two children oh that they would, the social services only let them keep two, so they had to choose what, two, two children. What country is it in? In the UK. Oh, that's um, Anyway, it's really, really interesting and you just realise what a drawn out process adoption is, which you can understand because they don't want to make mistakes, but equally there are so many children out there and Anyway, there's so many people that want to adopt. Anyway, so that's one thing. Then there's The Assassination, which is another BBC podcast, and it's about Benazir Bhutto. Oh, remind me. She was um, the first female prime minister, well, I think the only female prime minister of Pakistan. Yes, her yes. father was, I think they're, they're kind of a dynasty. I don't know what the definition is of a dynasty, but her father was prime minister. He was hung, and um, she sort of inherited as the eldest child. She kind of inherited the title what she became prime minister um she went into self-imposed exile she was amazing she was educated at harvard and she really kind of fought for democratic pakistan and i know she ended up being assassinated and which was kind of inevitable i think given the life she led but it's really fascinating and on a similar ish note of the assassination i have also watched recently the documentary the crown prince of saudi arabia i think it was called bbc i highly recommend it if you're at all interested in um, kind of extremism and well, learning a bit about Saudi Arabia, which I think is a country that's always been so kind of shrouded in secrecy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fascinating. Slash, there's a section in it where they say that you know they prove that the 9/11 attackers were funded or they came from Saudi Arabia, and the families of the 9/11 victims had documents proof of this. But because of the US's reliance on Saudi Arabia. They, they kind of basically like brush the documents under the table and anyway they're, they're kind of fighting anyway it's really really 
fascinating all about how they've supplied weapons to the rebels in Syria even though they say that they're pro the West so um, it's really a good hour spent if you've got time for it um, sorry this is a bit off topic but I've just remembered I saw I read that the night manager is coming back um, they found a writer for the second oh, series. So, so it's not John Le Carre. No, no, no. Um, so I don't know what the story will be, but... Same characters. Same class. Coming back. I believe so, yeah. Okay. I just loved all the characters. It was, I don't know, everyone. Just so good. Like, Hugh Laurie is... He's just so evil in, in he's it. He's so, so evil. Just, but I like him so much. Like, such yeah. a, like, character. Like, you love the character. You get so kind of invested in it. But he's just so good at being so horrible. Yeah. He was so good. And his girlfriend, I forget her name. Yes. She was so amazing, and the people that work for him are such good Yeah, series. I'm excited for Brilliant. that one to come back. Did you watch McMafia last night? No, no. I've given up, no. Yeah. Have you? I've given up. I'm going to miss the next, like, three as well. Oh, so no, I watched it. episode three at the weekend, and everyone has said it was not so good, and I actually really enjoyed it, so mm. I'm going to stick with it. You go. Stick with it. Mm. So, actually, just going back to extremism, there's another show, which possibly on the outside doesn't seem that extreme, um, about Miriam Margulies. Uh, <laughs> How is Miriam Margulies? It's Miriam's Great American Adventure on BBC at the moment, um, and anyone who watched um, The Real Exotic Marigold Hotel will know quite what a character she is you Obviously, love her don't you I love her oh, I she's love fascinating her so she was the star her. of that show and I guess that's why they've given her like her own spin off essentially so she's basically doing a kind of road trip from Chicago to New Orleans and um, on the kind of premise of discovering what, um, what the American dream really is and what that means today and so she's just meeting kind of people from all different walks of life in the States this week so there's been two so far yes. Tor and I are both a bit hooked um, <laughs> this week's episode was about she met all kinds of different people it's like she's entering kind of the deep south a bit more now and she met people who are planners who are those like doomsdayers who basically like um you know collect stuff so that when the apocalypse happens <laughs> oh they're Lord. prepared and it's so and obviously it's these people are like vehement trump supporters as well and it's just oh, so interesting so it's like a, you know an eye-opening view of like, I the whole other that. world it's, i think the first episode was really boring but this one is really interesting even if you only watch that bit about yeah. the planners but they, they literally live their lives packing their bags and they bought like all these nets and camouflage gear, but like they're almost waiting for and it to they think they're yeah, so they clever, don't yeah. they? They are like, but you know what? We are you. on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, so we might be laughing when they're the ones oh, who yeah. have survived. Exactly. <laughs> um, the planner. Secret <laughs> planner over there. You'll be like my mum. I remember when the eclipse happened. Do you remember the eclipse? Oh my God, yes. We were in Cornwall and my mum had, we had long knife milk, we had endless packets, endless packets of baked beans and new rolls just in case. Also like at the Millennium Bug. And they had like this live, instead of like fireworks and Jules Holland stuff they had this like live streaming of what was happening like as midnight approached in every country and stuff and literally nothing happened <laughs> <laughs> so there were these two presenters just like stood there not having anything to do everything's about. okay yeah, like, we're still here it's well worth a watch it, it really is mm-hmm. um, if you've got a spare kind of hour I think it's yeah. worth oh, a watch I yeah. Yeah. I've seen her on um, I think it's like Graham Norton or something and she is so hilarious I have to say she tones it down a bit on this so on, yes. on the Marigold one she really kind of plays up to being this quite gross she is a bit grotesque. She's a bit I mean, grotesque, but she's but she's also sensible and has an interesting view and very intelligent. So that's also kind she of has different no perspective. Filter. Yeah, no. yeah. There seems to be quite a lot on about the royals at the moment. I think the crown has kind of sparked and a royal wedding and a royal wedding oh, yeah. has sparked new interest in the royals. There's spying on the royals, Princess Diana's wicked stepmother. That all sounds like a load of rubbish, but actually, <laughs> um, there was a documentary on BBC last night called The Coronation, which a friend of mine texted me and was like, "Oh, you should really watch this." Um, so I did, and it was really fascinating. And it was really fascinating to see the Queen interviewed. And she's, I know she takes no prisoners. And she's really, as my friend said, she's really punchy, but in a, not in an aggressive way. Um, there's this bit where, I know she just outshines the, the guy who's interviewing her so much. He says, he's, he's talking about the day of the coronation and what the children did, and they stayed at the palace. And she says, he said, so, so what, what did the children do that day? She said, well, 
had no idea. I, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> and, and then he says they're all there and they're watching it happen. And the interviewer goes, it's like a ballet, isn't it? I mean, they all know exactly where they're supposed to be. And she goes, she goes, well, so they jolly well should. We've rehearsed it enough times. It was interesting. Well, obviously they know where they're going. <laughs> yeah. you know, we did practice. And Love she just that. really... I don't know, she's just got yeah, a good yeah. way with words. Yeah. And you're like, God, I mean, I guess you have to be quite Stay tough. But she's, she's really entertaining. And I, I thought, gosh, she's probably quite fun over lunch at when she's with her family. I think she probably is. And the other thing I found really fascinating was the bit about the crown jewels and the Cullinan diamond, which I then was Googling. Um, well, the biggest rough diamond was the Cullinan diamond, which was over 3,000 carats, which I learned was sent by post to the UK. Oh and, and the um, the person um, narrating it, it's like, unbelievably, it was sent by post to the UK um, to somebody, Asher, so you know, the, the jeweler, Asher. And apparently he had to break it into pieces and because it was so big. And from there, they got the biggest clear-cut diamond ever, which was over 500 carats. And that is in the scepter which is a long thing. Yes. Um, and then the second is over 300 carats, and that's in the crown. And what really made me laugh is, and the queen, is, she's sitting there in the documentary wearing a brooch. It's the most fuck-off brooch you've ever seen. <laughs> it's two diamonds, and it's the size of a baby's fist. Yeah. And she says, oh, yes, this is made from the leftover bits of something. <laughs> and I mean, you're like, leftover bits, they're enormous. Amazing. Do they say what it's worth, any of it? No. Is it prices? Is it apparently, apparently there is no value on the crown jewels. Right. And did you know that the crown jewels are owned by... We all own the government. The owned by the people. Yeah, by no, the people. Anyway, it was really interesting. 8,000 people went into the Abbey to watch the coronation, which I thought was incredible. If you think that Twickenham Stadium holds 40,000, it's yeah, like a wow. fifth mm. of wow. Twickenham Stadium. Yeah, and it was just, Jeez. it made me think, God, I'm, I look, God obviously don't want the Queen to die, but look forward to seeing a coronation yeah. and witnessing one. We'll certainly yeah. see one in our lifetimes. Which yeah, is that's so true. Things, so yeah, yeah, really so interesting. I just, where do you recommend that? Um, also on TV, I know I'm a bit late to this one, but 20 Kids and Counting, I know you oh watched it. Oh my God, I love that. I, if you haven't watched it, it's really worth a watch. I think we're quite divided on our opinion. I have watched um, it before, but okay. I don't think there were 20 then. I think yeah, it was they had more like, like Well, it started, they did a series quite a few years now on Britain's biggest families, and they were one of the families, and I think they had 15 then. Yeah. And they were really like, they were kind of the stars of the show. So we, a couple of years later, they then made 17 okay. Children and Counting, mm-hmm. Kids and Counting. And then I think, very sadly, their 18th son died. Well, they've still had... And they, yeah. they've mm, really had their 20th. Yeah. And their last, apparently. I mean, I, I doubt it. I love them. I think they're like a national treasure. They're like the crown jewels. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're amazing. I just found it sad, maybe, that those kids are sharing a house with 19 other siblings. And I don't think that's really fair, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I don't think there are 19 in the house. I think a couple of them don't live at home. But how can your parents give love and attention to 20 people? I mean, I'm 26 and I still like, you know, need my mum sometimes. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter kind of how old you get, I think. And so I how agree. can your parents have yeah. to find out their time in that way? And no, you're right, you're right. And there's lots of footage of kind of the older ones, the teenage boys looking after the kids. And I'm like, you know, is that really fair? And those boys, <clears throat> to me, seemed a bit disgruntled, sat in their room, their little bunk beds. And I was like, you know... Yeah, they did say yeah. I'd really like my own room yeah. now. But not everyone has their own room. They've got a big house. True, and I, I shared a room with my brother for ages, but I'm not one of 19. No. I just think they're a really sweet family, and I think they're really they're really happily married. They were both in foster care when they were younger, and I think they just... 
I think that's obviously had a massive impact. Uh, yeah, on yeah interesting. Definitely. They had that she had her first baby when she was fourteen. What? Whoa. And with after, him? Yes. Yeah. And after wow, nine together forever. Yeah, yeah they, they are they honestly met, actually. They met when they were seven. They are so sweet. I also read that when after the ninth child, he had a vasectomy, and they had it, and then they decided to reverse it. Did they? Obviously, wanted to God, carry. You have done your research, haven't you? I think we should interview them. Can we get them on the podcast? Miriam's first. I'd like. I'd like. I would like to know her parenting tips for my children and. Mm. screaming and murdering themselves I'd like to know what a mother of 20 does <laughs> ignores it it's chaos in that house the, the control freak in me the moniker in me talking <laughs> friends it, would, did look, um, it did look quite tidy though I can thought. we just talk about friends just I just having a friends moment probably my all time favourite moment of friends I mean bearing in mind that my husband calls me Monica mm. is when they're having a party and the boys are having a really fun party and doesn't Rachel yeah. keep sneaking into the other house yeah. and Monica's having a really shit party and she's like everyone can you gather around can you listen could you just Instead of just placing the lids on the pens, <laughs> could you push them down and wait for the click? Yeah. Let's talk about films. Captain Phillips was on last week. That is honestly one of the best films ever. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It is incredible. It's about these pirates that um, take control of an American cargo ship off the coast of Somalia. Anyway, it's just phenomenal. It's a true story as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a true yeah. story. And Tom Hanks, I mean, we just can't beat Tom Hanks, can you? Yeah. He's just the best, isn't he? He is. Talking of Tom Hanks... I cannot wait to see that new film with him and Meryl Streep. Yes, The Post. The Post. It's about Nixon, isn't it? Yeah, yes. It's about the papers describing Watergate, I think, becoming available to the Washington Post or something. But yeah, it looks fascinating. I actually saw um, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri this weekend, which is the other one. It was, it's just been nominated for like nine BAFTAs. It won loads of Golden Globes. It's so good. Like, is it? Uh, seriously amazing. It's quite different to like your normal blockbuster. I think it won some awards at Sundance maybe. It's like a little bit arty. There's no like, like at one point Ben was like, this guy has to have done it because um, otherwise why would he be in the film? I was like, no, no, it's not that kind of film. It's not like everyone serves like, you know, it's not like a Tom Cruise, you know, action blockbuster. It's very much more like about people and individuals and stuff. But it's, it's yeah, it's really worth a watch. I, the other film I really want to see, which I haven't, is Darkest Hour. My mum saw it at the weekend, mm. said it's brilliant. Mm. I want to see it too. Yeah. Um, and the film I have seen, which I think is still out, is Molly's Game, which is so good. It's with Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. I love him. Mm. I love him too. And it's a true story about this woman, Molly, who she was um, a competitive skier and, anyway, she injured herself or, or gave up skiing, whatever she did. And she ended up running the world's most exclusive high-stakes poker game. She did it for 10 years and she had the most incredible, incredible people come through the door. She ended up sort of renting penthouse suites in the world's leading hotels and um, people were gambling, you know, from 100,000 to a million dollars a night. And uh, she literally had the who's who, the rich and famous coming through the door. She was arrested by the FBI and they wanted to send her to prison and they actually negotiated and and the, the offer she was given was that she named everybody that ever sat around her tables because there was quite a lot of Russian mafia that came and played so they wanted to know who she was actually beaten up really badly by um, someone from the Russian mafia and she refused to she was so so loyal and she she named four people in the book in her book which I really want to read who'd already been named by someone else so she didn't out anybody and actually in the end um, she didn't go to prison yeah anyway such 
a good film. I really go and see it. The other film out, sorry, that's worth mentioning is All the Money in the World, which is the one that they reshot because Kevin Spacey was in it. Oh, yeah. And then they took him out. And this has been such an interesting development. So it's out and it's you know been nominated for loads of awards. And obviously the story of it's really interesting. So Kevin Spacey came out, um, they replaced him with somebody else, another big actor, and they reshot the entire movie in nine days. And there's this big, this big controversy this week, have you seen this, with Michelle Williams, who's the leading actress in it, and Mark Wahlberg, who is in it. And she agreed to do the reshoot for free. And so got something like $1,000 in compensation, just as a kind of, you know, like expenses or something. Mark Wahlberg separately negotiated a $1.5 million contract for the reshoot. So she got paid 1%. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. ...cent of what he did. This all came to light last week. Anyway, he has subsequently donated it to the Me Too cause like to fight legal mm. fees but anyway mm. i think it's a really nice backstory to mm. also really yeah, really nice. yeah. i just can't believe they shot it in nine days yeah they had like everybody on private jets like between london and italy just to kind of flash it, it out it just goes to show you i mean it amazes me when we do shoot sometimes and people will come up you know another business will will do what we do with sort of 20 people we do it with two and it takes all day and we do it in half an hour mm-hmm. or something it's just so much wasted on these things. Yeah. It just goes to show, doesn't it? Mm. Totally. Just goes to show. Anyway, there are so many good films coming out mm. at the moment. It's exciting. Awards season. Can't wait. When are the Oscars? February, usually. Yeah, yeah. normally, yeah, 25th of Feb, probably. Let's talk about horoscopes because, Tor, you worked with Fiona Graham to yeah. produce a piece on your 2018 predictions. God, this was a seriously lengthy piece. So we did what your success is, career and money, personal and social life, love and sex for 2018 holds. Personally, I think it's a load of rubbish. Tor, you're smiling. Um, I, if I'm really honest, I don't read my horoscope that often. I did read this one. I might read it like once every three weeks. I'm not a slave to the horoscope, but I do believe in astrology and the stars and all that kind of thing. But I think there's a little bit more to it than your um, your star sign. Um, I actually met with um, an astrologer a few weeks ago who plotted my birth chart. So she, you have to tell her where you were born, when you were born, like place, all that kind of thing. And then they plot on a chart, your stars. And so I'm a Cancerian, but where the sun was when I was born actually makes me more of a Taurus because the Taurus was more in my chart at that time. Um, so it's actually way more complicated. So you're supposed to read a Cancer prediction and a Taurus prediction? Not necessarily, no. I should read a Cancer, but what As I'm saying person, is there's, there's way more. Yes, exactly. You're a Taurus. I'm more of a Taurus. Okay. And there's actually way more to it than just reading your horoscope. As it were. That's a very um, like summarised description. I was looking through this um, piece and I was looking through the career and money one and I was like oh Aries hmm, you can be tempted to shell out on the latest trends oh that sounds like me uh, <laughs> and then I got on to Gemini cash for you represents energy to be exchanged I was like oh and then Leo no expense is spared on indulgence and fun 
if you're able. Yeah, but that's not you, Georgie. So no, yeah, but that's the point, point is they can all be me. And actually, I was with someone once who put an email in front of me and he said, read that. And he said, that is a star sign that could be applicable to anyone and everyone. I mean, it's such a well, so, but I'd be interested to know then what yours actually says, because I think the point of this, this is a projection for the f- for the rest of the year, right? For 2018. Exactly. So those are what those people, you know, whatever, whatever the, you know, different signs you just named, that's what their kind of theme of the year will be. But maybe you'll find that the one in yours is the one that's most applicable. And I think this time next year, you should go back and see if it really was applicable to you. But do you not think you could read several of them and you'd find that they were all applicable to you too? Probably, yes. Having said that, I've just seen success in 2018. Resist control freak urges. Need to do better. Is this yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah me. Redress, redress your work-life balance for an important emotional breakthrough. I'm trying. Well, mine says that a hot shot is going to help me turn my talent into cash. So, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Astrid, do you read your horoscope? I kind of read it for a bit of fun. I don't really believe it. I think like the wider thing of horoscopes, there's probably something in it. I'm, I'm just on the fence about it. Um, but I always remember a friend of mine when we were at university. She did an internship at one of the big mags, and. Um, they basically just got her to write the horoscopes. <laughs> they gave oh her like a, they gave a horoscope book. Dummy's guide. Um, horoscope. But it was just Keep like a really generic one for the year or something. And she basically just had to like transcribe it. Oh, oh my yeah. God. And that's always stuck with me whenever I see a horoscope in a magazine or something. I quite like Shirley Von Strunkel. She does. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, she's, she's really, really good. good. She's like really like, yeah. you know, legit in quotation yeah. marks. My parents actually like her a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's really good. She's really good. But FYI listeners, we don't make ours up. They, we, you know, we do actually work with an astrologer. <laughs> you, like, you like a tarot card, don't you, Tor? I bloody love have tarot you, cards. You still tarot cards that you got for Christmas. Yeah, you've got tarot cards. You, oh, yeah. you've got your own, I you? know, I have got my own, but um, I actually am going to go see someone and do a piece on it, so. Lady Lilac. Lady Lilac. <laughs> we should all go and see. I think we should get her in here. That'd be should, amazing. Be I think we should, yeah. Let's talk about the 10 things that will always make you feel good. I remember going to a really fun party and I was just, I had a spot and I was tired and I looked shit and I was like, right, gotta go get a blow dry, gotta go get a blow dry. So I went off and I had a great time and it made the world a difference. There definitely are those things. Are they the same to all of us, do you think? What are yours? I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a surprise to anyone that mine's a spray tan. <laughs> I, it literally transforms who I am as a person. To me, a spray tan to me is like, <laughs> you know, a nose job to somebody who hates their nose or like, you know, losing 50 stone if that's what you have to do. It changes like who I feel I am inside and out. So yeah. I'm with always. you. A bit I'm of with you too, yeah. Someone commented, someone commented on one of our videos before Christmas saying, I mean, Georgie, you work in fashion. You shouldn't be wearing clay tan. It's what? so tacky what? or something. Yeah, that's, that's how mean people, people are. Oh so my God, mean. what's that? You must do anything. But anyway, but also, I don't give a shit whether it's fashion or not to ever exactly. make tan. Also, it makes you feel a little bit better. Also, who, it's knows, fake, who, who knows or cares? It's not like you're walking around yeah, like, I'm not like a bright orange towie girl. We all love a bit of fake tan yeah. in this office oh anyway. God, yeah. I didn't fake tan at all last week and I felt absolutely gross and slapped a bit on on Thursday night and felt great. Yeah, it's just that easy. Get some tan lux drops. And put a couple in your. I mean, it's that. And you wake up, and you're. If I know that I've had a bit to drink, like on a school night, and I don't want to look shit the next day for work, bit of fake tan. Mm-hmm. You know, covers everything. It covers yeah, everything. It yeah. I've actually um, been using the new James Reed um, sleep, like the body one that you sleep oh, in. Yeah. But it's not. It, I was really worried it was going to go all over my sheets. But it's like a see-through gel. It's That's got no colour. Yeah. Um, and then you can build it up, and it doesn't. It's not like an intense, intense hit of colour. But it's really good. Recommend. Yeah, really. On good. your body or your face? Body, but there's a face one as well. Oh. I really recommend it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a goodie. What else? So we've got blow dry. I mean, to me, you've got to have your nails done. Yeah, yeah but that's nails just, all the way. Always. To me, that's just, that's I not feel it. good. That's like standard. That's like underwear. Yeah, but because you feel bad when they're not done. 
Yeah, I've said yeah. before, I feel like I'm growing bars. Yeah. <laughs> I get a bit stressed. Um, also for me, it just that's why I get gels, I just don't shit, but then mm. it'll be done. Never be mm. happy. But the other thing for me is eyebrows, I think just, to me that's, again, it's just a bit of an essential. I agree, yeah. I agree. Bit of fake tan, eyebrows, blow dry, ready to go. And heels. Yeah, heels always make me feel good. If I like, I don't know, if I was to be interviewing someone or something like that, if you put a pair of heels on, you just feel better, don't you? you do. But, but they wouldn't compensate for being pale with chip nails. Sorry. No, agreed, agreed. <laughs> we went out for supper last night and I was like, oh, I don't really want any nice clothes this weekend. I was like, I'm going to a pub and something. I was like, fuck it. Did you put Isabel Moran dress on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the shoes. <laughs> no, I was wearing jeans and jumper, so I was quite cash the rest. Mm. I put my heels on, I had, I had a much better time. Mm. Anyway, what else? Great underwear, head-turning coats, plastic silk shirt. Mm. Just things that are nice. Just nice think. things. Yeah. Talking about me wearing heels last night, I really felt like some sort of comfort food. I've been quite healthy so far this year. And it's funny, when I'm hungover, I think I eat more healthily. Really? Than when I'm not. Because I think you just get the double loathing. To me, you get the loathing of a hangover. And then if you just go and eat chips and mayonnaise, mm. then I just feel even more gross true mm. whereas this weekend i've been quite healthy all weekend and i thought oh i really deserve to go to a nice pub and i don't know just have some you know just nice comfort cozy food and yeah and i didn't feel gross afterwards at all felt quite the opposite felt great mm. what's your comfort food carbs either in the form of pizza or like noodles <laughs> do you eat pizza yeah really yeah i was thinking you're so healthy no i wouldn't eat like trashy pizza like a papa john's or like a domino's i go for like a frank and Manca or mm. radio alice and clapham is my new fave it's so oh, good i just don't ever 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 crave pizza i, would eat pizza oh. every I always have a slice <laughs> of the children's when they have it but i don't ever ever oh, crave it. The one. Is I, it? Really. I only like well i'm like you tour like posh pizzas i i mean domino's to me is just it's just, absolutely it's just sweaty it's sweaty it's like, oh. if I was one of those people who could eat whatever they wanted and not go on any weight, I would have Domino's for breakfast. Stuff crafts. Oh, yeah. So. I used to do mozzarella yeah. sticks as well, the cookies, literally. Garlic sauce. Yeah, keep it coming. <laughs> Chili oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot. I haven't had a Domino's since uni, I have to say, but I think about it a lot. What's your comfort food, Astrid? Um, I do love a roast on a Sunday. Like a good roast, not like a rubbishy pub one, but to me that is just Ooh, so no. cosy and so comforting. My husband had a roast last night at the pub, and I was like, he's like, shall I have the pork belly with the roast? I was like... I don't know, they're both slightly to make you feel <laughs> gross after then we had the roast. I just never ever crave a roast. No, that's right. I enjoy Not it if, like I, if I don't have to have it, but I would never ever. I could I could happily go the rest of my life with that. So your pizza, yeah. what else? Yeah, pizza, pasta, I'm also carbs and cheese. So like any combination of carbs and cheese. Carbs and cheese, yeah. Ha- yeah. <laughs> pasta. Pasta my, my thing is like I've spoken about this so many times, but yeah, like a bowl of pasta with, with cheddar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally like again, breakfast, lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. if I could. Maybe a bit of pesto, if I was feeling fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if there's anything that's going to make you feel like you need a nap in the middle of the day, it's a uh, cheesy pasta pizza <laughs> for lunch. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I think Rosie wrote this brilliant piece on whether you should be taking naps at work. Because what do Uber, Google and Ben and & Jerry have in common? Well, uh, as well as being some of the world's biggest companies, they also offer their employees nap rooms. <laughs> because it seems that having a midday snooze is kind of on the rise. Well, I'm not sure it is. Um, I know that my stepbrother at a law firm he worked at, I think they had pods where you could um, sleep, but that's corporate that's, law. Yeah. That's where you're working all night. I kind of get, I'm not sure that it's sheer larks with that. I know we work <laughs> really hard, um, but I'm not sure people need midday naps. I think, think this is outrageous. I think you're doing something so wrong in the rest of your life if you get to work and you need a nap. Like, what are you having for lunch? Or what are you doing in the Cheesy pasta. Cheesy pasta. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for those of us who kind of live a relatively healthy lifestyle, I couldn't even begin to imagine 
go just popping out for a nap. Why are you that tired? You need to, you need to really self-evaluate if you need to nap at work, in my opinion. Well, I think it's fascinating. And in this piece, Rosie mentioned a company, uh, a Japanese company called Pop and Rest that have just opened um, in the monument area of the city. And they had these little sort of pods or rooms in, in the middle of the city where you can literally pop and have a rest. It's, how, a, good, it's how, a good company name. How much do you have to pay? So it's £9 for 30 minutes. And I was so fascinated I went onto the website because I remember thinking years ago, surely this is going to happen. Um, I know there were all those easy hotels in London. I don't know if they still exist. But um, anyway, I, I went and had a look. I'm also a real, real snob about pillows and linen. And it had kind of navy blue linen. And the pillows <laughs> looked like they didn't have feathers in and I can't bet. Well, then also, how, are they clean after every time? Yeah. Maybe I, there's I, a pillow menu. That would be good. A linen be menu. And a it might be more than £9 for 30 minutes. I certainly understand the idea of having them around the city, actually. Absolutely. Because, that, like, whatever, you know, people are going about their lives, so it kind of makes sense. What I don't understand is in the workplace. Personally. Yeah, if, if you have a... Well, not many people have a nine to five, per se, but, like, a, a normal job. job where yeah. it's in the day and then you go home in the evening, I don't really see why you need to nap. Mm-hmm. If you are, like, a lawyer that's up all night yeah. to work on a case, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But... It's also, surely everyone wants them at the same time because it's either lunchtime yeah, yeah. or it's sort of 7am for people that are working on big corporate deals or they're working, you know, with international clients and they're up on, like, the time zones. Mm-hmm. Like, how would it work? Yeah. Like, like, Could I come into the office and be like, okay, right, George, I'm going for naps. So if you were like, hey, nap time, I would be able to just fall asleep. Yeah, no, 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 Everybody's out there. I also can't nap. I mean, small fly in the equipment for me is that I really, unless I am... Like dead, dead world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't. I can't do it. But having said all this, the science behind it is really interesting. Um, and according to a recent study, um, napping after lunch can improve your thinking and memory, and may even help your brain perform as if it were five years younger. Yeah. And that is quite interesting. I can believe that. Yeah, me too. I mean, you do feel quite alert after a nap. Definitely. Um, I, I feel rubbish after. It. And I yeah, guess I'm, like it's quite normal in other countries. Like in Spain, they always have a siesta. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. I guess that's but to do with the heat really and stuff like that. Really late as well, don't they? But, so, yeah, but that's probably why. It's, yeah, the whole the whole yeah, like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but but also they stay up to because they've had a bloody sleep. They can't get to sleep <laughs> yeah. because it did say that um, the author of Why We Sleep claims that it's a double-edged sword and that um, we need sleep pressure to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And you'll you, you know certainly someone with an insomniac that would not Disastrous. do me any favors. But my stepmom is someone who. She can honestly get into bed. She can sleep two minutes later. She can sleep for 15 minutes. I remember when I was younger and my dad sat on lived in Hong Kong and I'd go out for the holidays and we'd kind of be busy. It was quite, it was quite social. Um, and she would honestly just disappear for a 15 minutes sleep and she'd wake up revived. And yeah, I so thought that was a really jealous. amazing yeah. skill. Yeah. 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 Anyway, fascinating. I'm not sure we're going to be uh, introducing um, sleeping pods <laughs> at Sherlock's but I would encourage anyone listening to Google the Simba snooze liner which is a futuristic sleep busk which allows commuters to snooze in special compartments on their way to work anyway have a look at the picture I was fascinated by it apparently they're launching eight routes this year Simba is a mattress company mm-hmm. so if you ask me this is a really good marketing Definitely, tactic yeah. um, and not something that is going to become commonplace mm-hmm. but I thought it was quite amusing let's talk about tap water when we walked into the pub last night our waiter said as we sat down would you like still or sparkling and my husband said we'll have tap please well he's he's an accountant but equally um we're both quite happy to drink tap water Astrid I'm looking at you right now because I know that one of your new year's resolution was to stop buying bottled water it was and so far I have succeeded which is great um I just kind of thought what is the point in buying bottled water every day when we have perfectly clean good drinking water in this country also like the amount of plastic that you use up buying a bottle every day is yes. ridiculous 
Um, and and you could be saving three hundred and sixty pounds. It said in this article over the course insane. of a year if you buy one two liter bottle a day. Yeah. It's quite a lot of money. A lot of money. So yeah, I'm with the tap water. We've got a filter tap in the office. So yeah, I have to say, if you're in this office, the hot water might scold your hands <laughs> three times a day, but at least the cold water is. It's bloody cold. <laughs> uh, but the report did say that the Drinking Water Inspectorate found that water in the Thames region passed a stringent set of tests. 99.98% of the time and 99.94% in the north. So that's a pretty good argument to drink water out of the tap. Charlotte? I don't, I'm not a tap water fan. I honestly think it's just down to kind of taste. Like I grew up drinking, you know, just like filtered water out of the fridge so I just I honestly really feel like I can taste the difference between a tap and bottled water I also made I, I think, I think I'm feeling the need to do I think if you put them at room temperature you wouldn't know the perhaps okay I'm more than happy to try that experiment um I also kind of made a resolution like when I first ever started working that a really easy way for me to drink the kind of allocated two liters of water a day would be to buy an every bottle every morning and then I just have to drink it but and that's what I get actually because yes. I hate water I'm terrible at drinking it mm-hmm. and occasionally I do that and right. I drink and it you drink and when I don't I will quite happily have three diet cokes and exactly two and I make myself I'm like not allowed to leave the office until I finished my two liter bottle <laughs> and I just I mean refilling plastic bottles is also really really bad for you and it's yeah, just my way of I getting mean, my water I mean maybe it's selfish you know about the environment whatever but Everything's bad for you if you read the Daily Mail enough. This is true. Personally, I'd rather save the £360 and spend it on two nights at the pig. Last but not least today, we've got to talk about the piece, the debate that Tor and Rosie had on whether you should or shouldn't do your makeup on your commute. And we posted the question to our Instagram account today, and I don't think we've ever had so many comments (laughs) so quickly. Um, I'll read a few of them out. I think it's up there with picking your nose or getting your knickers out of your bum. Keep it private. What? I don't want to see their gurning or inhale their products. Gurning? And then, gross, gross, gross. A touch of lipstick or a powder blush to retouch is okay, but full face is a no-no. You. So dirty, it's a germ-infested hotbed, and I agree with some of the other comments. No one needs to see you applying your mascara. Not to mention concentration. I had a friend that applied red lipstick all over her face on a completely famous <laughs> foundation stick. That's what that's amazing. Amazing. Imagine <laughs> yeah. in your crevices just putting a red lipstick. Was she not using your mirror? That's mean... hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Personally, my personality doesn't allow for me to do something like that. <laughs> not to mention the level yeah, of yeah. difficulty. Yeah. However, I wouldn't judge someone else for doing it. Just please, no nail polish, fragrance, or hair products, because then everyone has become involved in your routine. Someone replied to her, I have a real issue with certain sounds. Chewing and the sounds of makeup being rattled on a train infuriates me. My issue totally, but it puts me in a bad mood. Not what I want on the way to work. So I really agree with, with women number one in that conversation. I don't judge other people for doing it. I'm sure other people have maybe, you know, if you've got children, you might, might have a much busier life than me. But for my own sanity, the idea of waking up and, and being in that kind of rush is like hideous. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I don't think it's a rush thing for, for lots of people. I think... Like some of the some of the girls in this office have like over an hour commute and they do their so do I um, I still manage to get up makeup time. but you get the tube I mean I would yeah. never I think yeah I think, I if think I it's had different a seat do on it, the train yeah. and it was just me and there was one person sitting next to me but if you're on but like I'm an hour train tube but so to me it's not about it's not even about that it's not about like whether it's decent or not it's more about like the time taking the time in the morning to get ready and okay. you wrote this in the piece it's like that's such a valuable time so I light a candle I watch the TV like you that's just a like, yeah 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 <laughs> honestly because you don't get if you're commuting for an hour on either side of your full working day because honestly my whole, my whole day belongs to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. I, I come to work for nine hours. I commute an hour either side of it. So I don't get much time to myself in the day. So the half an hour I spend doing my makeup mm. in the morning yeah, is my nice. time. Also, for me, it's like the epitome of like just disorganization, if I'm really, really honest. Like to leave the door in like a flap with no makeup on and like shove it in your bag. I'm really sorry. Just for okay. the sake of getting up five minutes earlier. 
I, I, feel very, I feel very passionate about it. But there are quite a lot of people commenting with children, and I, I don't mean in a patronising way, but I mean... No, it could be that I said that. that. I could light a candle. I mean, I've got three children. <laughs> completely I've got completely agree. school run to do. I mean, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Someone said here... My kids wake me up at six. I either have 10 minutes extra with them in the morning and do most of my makeup on my commute or I only get an hour with them all each day. I know what works for me. Frankly, there are far more irritating things such as eating stinky food or chewing noisily with an open mouth and me trying to put my eyeliner on. Someone said, honestly, people need to get over themselves. It sounds as objective as people get about breastfeeding. People can eat, read, use their laptop or a woman can put her makeup on on the train. Surely there are worse things. Can I just say something? All these people kind of bashing these women that do their makeup on the train I have to say I once saw a man shaving on the train <laughs> so yeah that's what? I, I think that's it ultimately let everyone do the hell what they want to do I think it's quite interesting to watch people do I quite so do I and all I would say is you don't know who you're going to bump into on your way to the train so put your sunglasses on till you get there <laughs> anyway that's it for this week if you enjoyed that then do please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes it really does help other people find our podcast and if you have any feedback then do email podcast at shitlast.com see you next time Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.